Well, greetings and salutations to our fine podcast audience. We're back on the set. Yep, on set. For the Community second Christian one in a row. Studios. Here we are in, in Orlando, Florida. Uh-huh. We could be anywhere. I, could, no, I, I said I wish. I don't want to be in Orlando. Oh, I don't no. either. I just, when I was a kid, every show was filmed at the Nickelodeon Studios in Universal's Studios in Orlando, Florida. Okay. Filmed in front of a live studio audience. Mm. That's what they said at the end of every one. I didn't know Orlando was a real place. You just thought it was cool. I just thought that's where all yeah. the fictional TV shows take place. But oh, yeah. It's a real place. So here we are. It is episode 99. That's, kind of, that's kind of wisdom we give people here. Orlando is a real place. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> We're smart. I learned that today. All right. And it's almost Christmas. So I thought yes. it would be fun to have a little, we'll talk Christmas for just a minute. We'll let you know whether it's fun or not. I know, and I don't care whether it is <laughs> What or not. are we talking about Christmas? So Christmas is a real holiday. Another great <laughs> piece of information from Nathan that nobody needs. I was today years old when I found that out. So what, what are your family traditions that you will definitely be doing this week for Christmas? Mm. I'll be getting together with family, so we will be getting together on Christmas morning. Not me and you, me no. and you and our families will be getting together. I never know what time it's going to be anymore. I don't know. No. You can work that out. Of I was going to say, I don't think we You are not invited, I so I don't know. Are you asking me what time No, I know we're not having it at either of our houses, no. and I don't know what time. Well, as of filming, <laughs> I don't know what time either, but we'll I, I'm confident out. we will have been invited. Okay. Uh, I don't know. We don't. Uh, so me and my girls. Excuse me. I'm gonna fix my mic. Okay. Okay. Let's see if it'll stay there. Uh, I was gonna talk over it, but then they. I don't know. Is that fine? Are you good? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Good. All right. So, <laughs> me and my girls. Uh, we will probably. Uh, what we've done the last two years that we've had all the girls in our home. Uh, we watch Simpsons Christmas episodes nice. and um, drink hot chocolate. They they really. Cool. They really like, I don't know that they like hot chocolate, but they like the idea of yes. drinking hot chocolate. They've seen somebody doing it on a show. and they I guess, I guess. Or, uh, you know, my, my wife's got a thing about hot chocolate. She has a thing about coffee mugs in general. Mm. So she always is getting new ones. And so she always, and she I don't drink coffee or tea. I tried for a while to be a tea drinker, mm. but I can't do it. Okay. And so she drinks both tea and coffee, and she, she had a thing when we were... Maybe five or six years into marriage, she said, let's start drinking hot cocoa so we both can have a mug. Mm. And so I got a mug, and then she uses my mug at other times. <laughs> she was just... You know, just, you don't have to have hot things in mugs. No, I guess don't. that's true. I guess Well, that is true, because I, I normally drink eggnog, because I am a big eggnog drinker. Mm. I do love eggnog. I do love eggnog. I can so. have it in small quantities, but I can't take much What of does that mean? Does that mess with your stomach? No, I ju- it's just too thick for me. Oh. It just... Oh. I, no, I can I, drink, I drink it, and it. I like the yeah. taste. But something about the consistency gets me. We're, we are not quite... It, it I don't would, know if this is too much inside baseball. We're not quite in December when we're filming this. You know if there's eggnog in stores already? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, Before I need Thanksgiving, to go get some. they put it out. Yeah, I need to go get some. I've had some of the fat-free ones in there. It's terrible. like Christmas music. It comes out right after Halloween. It does. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not really sure why they wouldn't have eggnog out all the time. Except I'm guessing most people wouldn't buy it. I, guess, I would I probably buy it all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah. Oh, I would too. Yeah. I would too. And I love eggnog. Everything. Eggnog milkshakes. Mm. I like. Oh yeah. I like eggnog. Okay. There are these little things, gooey eggnog bars. They're like wow, little I didn't cake know this. bars. Okay. It's something else right there. And it's kind of like an eggnog texture. Right. I'm you, making some this weekend. You know, they also, if you don't like, some people eat. Uh, a drink the custard they call it or something mm-hmm. it's not eggnog I mm-hmm. like it too yeah, yeah it just people... doesn't have like nutmeg or something like yeah. that or whatever mm-hmm. the I don't know yeah. what it is yeah, yeah. spice 
Yeah. My family also drinks hot chocolate on Christmas Eve night, and okay. we watch uh, Charlie Brown. Mm. That okay. Christmas special. I'll tell you this. I don't think I've ever seen... We had this conversation on our family movie night podcast. Ooh, there's plug a plug right there. Uh, I don't think I've ever seen the Charlie Brown Christmas all the way through. I've seen I've seen the famous parts, but I don't think I've ever seen... Well, I don't think I've ever... reading the Christmas. Yeah, let, me, let me tell you, as an expert on that okay. particular thing, because right. I have watched it every... Sure. And multiple times. Um, it... It's not that good. Well, as a as a one solid don't don't fire me, but one solid piece of art. It is like basically he took a bunch of independent comic strips uh and just stuck them all together. Because there are some little vignettes in that special that you watch and you go, "What's that have to do? How does that connect with anything?" And you're not really sure. It's just now it has grown into this ethos. Now the the end part, I will say, from the moment Linus gives the speech. To the end, that's a good that's a good piece of television. Yeah. But the rest of it is just like warm up. That's when we're getting the hot chocolate and pouring it and getting. Do it you better. know why it grew to the ethos? I'd love to hear. Because because no. it was during the time of baby boomers and we ruined everything. Well, that that, well, <laughs> that objectively <laughs> is that objectively is true. Especially that, when it comes that's to why media. it doesn't mean that it was better than anything. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. just that. We only had three channels. That mm-hmm. was one of the things. Mm-hmm. We talked about it the day after it was on at school because yeah. it was always we on really on a weeknight, the... and we made a big deal out of it. And now mm-hmm. all of you have to watch it. So Some we, of y'all won't first... ever get over it. Oh, I can't. It's in me. It is a part of me, but here's what we all On behalf do. of the baby boom generation, I want to apologize, Jason. Uh, we I'm, accept. Yeah. I... So what we do is we watch Charlie Brown because it's the thing, but then we also watch uh, The Grinch. And then usually Frosty after that. And as far as story, Which Grinch do you watch? the the cartoon, the original, the original, the original cartoon. Grinch yes, cartoon. Right. And as far as storytelling goes, those two are much better at yeah. telling a story than the Charlie Brown. Story. That's my problem with all peanuts things in general. Besides, you had a book when I was a kid of original comic strips. Yeah, they were the Peanuts comic strips. Yeah, the, those I love, but all the movies, even they made one maybe four or five years ago that's like computer animated that was trying to bring it back for kids. For, for even yeah. Not for kids, baby boomers. Yes, baby I was about to say, trying to get boomers. their kids invested in it. Yeah. Um, and We the, also have a lot of money. Mm. Yeah. So they want yes. it. <laughs> that's the way. That's the way all of those movies feel because they're trying to imitate that comic strip feel they of are. this is. It's all one joke. Yeah. Like the whole, every little vignette is leading mm-hmm. to one joke, and then you get it, and then you move it, on, and then you move on to the next one, and yeah. they just string them together. So peanuts in general, not a fan, but yeah. I get it. But peanuts. I will say I at the at the the way that it it ends, and the reason I like it, and the reason that I watch it every year is because. Uh, the guy who Charles Schultz um, mm-hmm. was a believer, yeah, and he intended for the, that Christmas special to be something to express uh, faith in Jesus. And yes. so, as you'll as you'll watch towards the end of it, he brings the scriptures into it. He brings the the gospel really yeah. kind of weaves its way into the that little special. So that that part I do love. Yep, I'll there, say this. This week on the Family Movie Night podcast, All right. we're discussing a movie also made by a believer. It's mm-hmm. called Jingle Jangle. All right, it's a Netflix. It's a <laughs> that Netflix. Sound like a real thing at all. It doesn't. <laughs> and when I originally saw it, I said, "I don't know. This is going to be great." But it is a um, Jingle Jangle is a Netflix. So you can see this on Netflix. We're going to be talking about it. Mm-hmm. It is a musical that is written, and I'll say it's an older style musical. Came out in twenty nineteen, or maybe came out in twenty twenty. Um, 
but it is written in the style of like Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, uh -huh. Mary Poppins, because uh, the man who directed it is a black man, and he was trying to share with his children those movies, and they just objectively said, there's no one who looks like me in these movies. Mm. I'm not interested. So he made a movie with an all-black cast. Uh, Forrest Whitaker's in it. Keegan-Michael Key is in it. Um, uh, so anyway, there's, all, there's this great cast, great music. It's like a blending of those kind of style musicals with modern hip-hop, R&B, pop music. Uh, but he's a he's a believer. I've heard him on several um, podcasts. That already sounds like something yeah. I might want to watch. And it's it's the the movies okay, but <laughs> oh, all right. I'll say this: maybe the, not. The music is fantastic, and if you've got kids, we talk about this on. It's just long for kids. It's mm -hmm. it's right at two hours, a little over two hours. So for little kids, it's tough. For adults, I think adults will probably get more out of it than kids will. Um, but mm -hmm. I mean, it's like it's like all of those. Uh, you know, Disney, 60s, 70s, yeah. baby boomer yeah. era. Oh, I'll tell you uh, all something We I did at Thanksgiving that I never thought I would do in my life. Okay. All right, have I set that up enough? Uh-huh. I watched two Hallmark movies oh. with my granddaughters. Okay. And, Which you're uh, also talking about. On we've Hallmark already, that has already been I had released. never seen one of those things, yeah. and they made me want to put my eyes out. Yeah, they're bad. I'll tell you this, <laughs> real bad. and we have this conversation on the family movie night. If you can watch the Netflix version of the Hallmark Christmas movie style, uh -huh. all of those Christmas prints, Princess Switch, Holiday Calendar, any of those, one, they all exist in the same universe like a Marvel movie. Mm. So that's a whole thing to it. But they're actually a little better. I, my girls are obsessed with them. Well, probably. I have eight granddaughters, and the ones I was around at Thanksgiving, they were very into it. Yeah. And so... I watched it with them because I'm a good papa. That's right. Yeah, well, that's good for you. Job. But it was very, very mm -hmm. difficult. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm right there with you on that. I believe so. All right. Enough with our Christmas traditions. They will, they will come. Yeah, they'll be back. They'll be back next <laughs> they'll year. They'll be too. back next year. Yep. And so, all right. Moving on. We are. Uh, oh, first we've got to get to a question that a listener sent into us that Great. I want to get to, and we're going to be able to get to this one pretty quickly. Um, and, I, and you'll find out in just a second. But a listener sent us this question about the Bible. They want us to help them interpret a, a specific verse of Scripture, and I have it here. Uh, they want us to say, they say, please, can you explain to me Matthew chapter 12, verse 31? And Matthew 12, verse 31 is that infamous passage where Jesus uh, basically says that uh, all sin can be forgiven except there's one mm -hmm. that cannot be forgiven. Blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. That will never be forgiven. Anyone who speaks against the Son of Man can be forgiven, but anyone who speaks against the Holy Spirit will never be forgiven. Uh, and so a lot of people have interpreted that as, oh, there's this one thing that I can do that I'll never get forgiven of. And uh, first thing I want to say before we, we're going to answer that real quickly, but we've already answered that question on this podcast because we've been doing almost 100 episodes. Yeah. 99. So if you will notice in the description, whether you're on the podcast app or YouTube, uh, we're going to put a link right down below this and you can click and you can get a full uh, answer to this question uh, that we did back on, it was like three sets ago. Yep. That's how long ago it was. So probably uh, almost a little over a year ago. So anyway, uh, so we'll put that for you so you can click that and watch that. But real quickly, just in case you want to keep listening and not click that right now, uh, <laughs> we talked about this a little bit last week on our podcast that 
Does yeah. that really jive with the God revealed in Jesus? You yeah. mean the idea that I could accidentally do something, yep. or maybe even intent or do it make, one time? And yeah, then intentionally I, do something one time that forever God's like, nope, Jesus mm -hmm. died for all of them, but not mm -hmm. that. Yes, that cannot be the way that uh, that scripture is interpreted, and so. Um, like I said, we give a full, more full answer in the clip, um, but that's another one of those examples that we've been talking about as we've been having this discussion about how not to read the Bible, that we've got to take these scriptures that may, we may read in, in the beginning and say, well, that seems pretty odd, or that seems pretty yep. harsh, or that seems not un-Jesus-like, yep. and run it through the filter of the cross, and you'll come out with a much better understanding of that. So, You know what's one of my, my favorite? Uh, I was thinking about it. I watched the, the clip uh, that, that you can see the full answer on, but one of my favorite N.T. Wright mm -hmm. um, explanations of this. I do, we, do, we love it. He's a New right. Testament scholar, by the way. Yes, yeah. That's right. Well, his name is New NK, Testament Wright. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, anyway, he, um, he, he is really good at taking you know, these we we're the In England, they don't call him N.T. Wright. No, no, they, they call, call him Tom. Tom, Tom Wright. But when you, um, he, he takes these really complex ideas, makes them really simple, and the way that he explained it is, and we say this in the, in the clip, but this all comes in the context of uh, the the Pharisees, the religious leaders, are comparing the works of Jesus to the works of the devil. Yes. Jesus says, hey, you can say that about me, but mm -hmm. if you say that about the Holy Spirit, and what he doesn't mean like if you say, I hate the Holy Spirit, mm -hmm. you can't be. What he means is if you look at the works of the Holy Spirit and say, that's bad and I don't want that, mm -hmm. then that can't be forgiven. And what what uh, N.T. Wright says is he goes, it's not that they can't be forgiven, it's, it, or it's not that they won't be forgiven, that God's saying, hey, I just won't do that. Mm -hmm. It's that they can't be because you mm -hmm. are choosing for them not to be. Yeah. The way he explains it is if you're dying of thirst and the only bottle of water that's available to you is you've decided that's poison, mm -hmm. you are condemning yourself to die of thirst right. because the only thing that can save you is in front of you and you've said, that's bad for me, so I won't drink it. You're condemning yourself, and he said, and I thought that explanation is a great way to explain. It really is mm -hmm. that it's not that God's going, oh, you ticky tack, you said the wrong thing, mm -hmm. so now I won't forgive you. Mm -hmm. He's saying you're choosing not to be, which does jive. Yes. God, God dies for us mm -hmm. to offer us the opportunity yes. to be saved, yep. but He will not force salvation on so us. So another another great example of. When you look at it in context and you take it to its ultimate conclusion, you put it through the lens of the cross, you see it for what it really is. So yeah. click on that link and you'll get a, a more direct answer to that question, but I think you know where we're headed on that. So whoever asked, asked that question, there's your answer. And I'll, I'll remind folks, you know, as well, if you haven't done this yet and you're always looking to see, have they already answered this? Mm -hmm. If you go to our channel, yep. there's a search button, mm -hmm. not the one up above, but right down next yep. to our channel, and it only searches our channel. Yep. yep. So you can just type in whatever question you want, and it'll bring up immediately whether we've talked about it already and or not. I think we also have a playlist on our channel mm -hmm. of answered questions on the podcast that you can search through and by clicking on the playlist yeah. thing, you, you might find asked a for. question that you thought about asking that may be in there. I don't know, but that doesn't mean you can't still send us questions. Oh, oh no, sure. no, no, no. We keep can, on sending them. Yeah. So, but That's yeah. I had not, honestly, Ed had to point that out to me. So I think we've already answered that. I was like, wow, we've done enough of these, haven't we? Yeah. We're, yeah. <laughs> we're circling back around. So, yeah. 
All right, so let's continue our discussion on reading uh, the Bible. So, Ed, uh, where are we going next? So I think we ought to just sort of catch everybody back up, and uh, I, I want to go through back what we've said so far. Uh, I think some of the big concepts to keep in mind are that the Bible is not a, it's not a book. It's a library of books. Mm. So when you think of it, it, it I, I think it's really important to, to get the idea that it's this library that we walk into, and in a library... There's fiction, there's nonfiction, there's poetry, there's, you know, romance, there's all of these things. And the Bible has some categories as well. And there are different genres in, in, in a library. There are that in the Bible too. So if you looked at it a book, it would be weird in the middle of a fiction book if a person just in goes, now let me tell you some history of what happened in 1812. Hmm. Right. You know, that's not the way it... Now, there may be historicalized fiction, but you know that going in. That's right. Just to, and then switch and go, now I'm going to give you eight chapters of poetry. Mm -hmm. You know, but in a library, that all fits. So that's one of the things. The other thing is that the Bible's not written to us, but it is for us. You should never read one Bible verse by itself. And all of the Bible is pointing to Jesus. Mm -hmm. And Jesus ultimately becomes the lens through which you have to see the scripture. He is the ultimate revelation of God. All the scripture is pointing to him. So I ha once I understand who Jesus is, it helps me understand some of the rest of the scripture. Which is why when people come up to all of us and they say, I've never read the Bible or I'd like to get into reading the Bible, where do I start? We always point you to Jesus. We always point you to the, one of the four gospels, usually the gospel of John. Right. It's the great place to start because it helps you understand the rest of it so much better. So, for little, that very reason. little ad, uh, starting in January 2022, mm, right. we are going to teach through the Gospel of John, probably in a more complete way than we, well, I've been here the whole time, than, than I've ever done through the, the Gospel of John. Mm -hmm. uh, it's going to take us all the way through Easter and just a tiny bit past. It's a uh, long time. Yeah, so we'll, we'll be teaching through that, which is a great place to start. Yes. So, I want to talk about one particular thing, well, a few things, but here's where I want to start. When we say the Bible is written to uh, uh, for us, but not to us, what I mean by that when I say it is that the Bible didn't drop out of heaven mm -hmm. and say, Dear Ed, at the beginning of it. Mm -hmm. And so, because it's not for me, I have to remember that depending on the genre I'm looking at, I'm going to have to do a little bit of work to get to me. But the problem with it is I was taught when I started reading the Bible the way to read the Bible is to read until you find something that applies to you. Yeah. Well, if I don't do some work, none of it just, bam, <laughs> was intended for me. Yeah. So that's what I that's what I wanted to get at. And so there are two books that uh, I know Nathan's reading one of them right now that I think really help us with some of the things that we have to work through in 21st century America uh, because... We read everything from a very Western point of view, but the Bible is written to people who have a very Eastern mindset. And, mm. and today, East and West are different. We're coming a little closer together mm. as we have global media and all of that kind of stuff. But we have a Western mindset. It was written to an Eastern mindset. So there's this book written uh, called Misreading the Scripture Through Western Eyes, written by Randolph, E. Randolph Richards. Mm. And then he's just recently read, uh, written another one uh, that Nathan says is very close. I haven't read this one, uh, but it's called Misreading the Scripture Through Individualistic Eyes. Uh -huh. And uh, one of the reasons that's important is because most of us 
read the Bible through individualistic, narcissistic, yeah. capitalistic, uh -oh. because it's the way we've yeah. been raised. It's the culture we're raised in. So we read it through this way of we see, you know, socialism is this terrible thing because that's the way we've been raised. Mm -hmm. um, that might not be the Bible's viewpoint. You might have Maybe. to put that in a... I'm not, saying the, I'm not saying the Bible talks about socialism or capitalism no, or any of that. Right. I'm just saying I know people that can prove capitalism out of the Bible. Well, I was about to say, I've Again, seen that a lot. People will take the concept of capitalism and figure out a way for the Bible to endorse it. You just need to know that wasn't the way the Bible was that's written. Not, that's that's not the way it was written. Yeah. So we're, we're bringing that into it. And mm -hmm. uh, So I just think you have to have those kind of things in mind uh, when you begin to it, which means... I always have to have a little bit of humility mm. in all of those kind of things. So I, I don't know if there's something about any of that that you all want to say to folks as well, but I think those are some of the biggest things, and they're really things that I think wind up holding us back from discipleship to Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I, oh, go ahead. You say what you were going to say. No, I was just going to say it reminds me of a, a well-intended um method that was taught to me of how to read the Bible, and I'm sure you guys are familiar with it. I, I was taught at one point, um, I, man, I think it was, I don't, I don't want to call him out because he's a real popular Christian, but <laughs> a really popular guy, uh, pastor in America said, uh, you should just open the Bible mm. and you should read until it speaks to you. Yep. And then as soon as you find what speaks to you, yeah. then just stop, yeah. and then that's that was your... That was your reason for reading the Bible that day. Yep. And I know this person, and I know the heart behind that, and I can, I can pull out the good from that. Yeah, me too. But looking at it now, understanding all the things that you just outlined, I, I see where that is actually a backwards way of approaching the Scriptures. Well, yeah. and I think I think all of that comes out of what what you were just mentioning of, of being very individualistic, capitalistic, mm -hmm. all of these different kind of things. All of those ideas really come out of the Enlightenment in 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 uh, Western Europe, and they're really this view of life that says I am the end goal of life, mm -hmm. um, and therefore. Uh, what I have to do is I have to figure out my unique path, my unique purpose in life, uh, you know, that I have. And we bring all of those things to um, our relationship with God, right? That, so not only do I have a unique path, God has a unique path and plan for me that I can't miss a step on or things are going to get blown up and taken off. And then ultimately every decision I make, whether it be financial or career or any of these things, they're really about me maximizing my happiness, maximizing my personal meaning in life. Mm -hmm. And what happens is we bring all of those things, which is why eventually the Bible becomes a tool for my self-actualization, for me to become the best version of me. And therefore, I should be able... because if. If, if that is the purpose of life, well, the God who made me would know that. He would write a book that would drop out of the heavens, that would have timeless truth, that I could just have a plain reading of the text. I could open it up. I could just look and go, mm, that's what that means for me mm -hmm. to go and live my life. But those are a bunch of assumptions that we are making about life, that I am the end goal. Whereas the Bible itself, and we say this, it's a unified story that leads to Jesus. Therefore, Jesus is the end goal of life. Mm -hmm. Jesus, from the beginning, 
Jesus is God. Jesus uh, is what God looks like. Jesus has always been what God looks like. There was a time we didn't know that Jesus is what God looked like, but now we do, Mm -hmm. and we understand all of life is about Jesus. Therefore, the story of the Bible, when I read it, any part of the story of the Bible is pointing me towards Jesus and Mm -hmm. pointing towards me becoming a part of, of God's story, that really God's plan for my life. And I realized about when I would teach youth that I was miscommunicating to them and honestly causing a lot of stress for them. By the time they were in high school, they would come talk to me because since they were young, I would say, hey, God has great things for you in the future. God Mm -hmm. has great things. He has a great life available. And I realized the way I was communicating because they were seeing it through the lens of what they had been told is that God has a future career in mind for me. God has a future spouse in mind Mm -hmm. for me. God has uh, a way for me to get all of the things I ever dreamed of. And because God's got the plan, I got to figure that out. The manual is right here. And that's what we're saying. It's a roadmap. It's a manual. Even the the words you were saying, you know, last uh, time I talked about how when I went to the North and I used words like grits and tea, I knew what they meant. They meant something else to them, so they didn't bring me the products I was looking for. When you say in our individualistic, narcissistic, capitalistic way of hearing things, God has great things, well, I don't need you to define great things no, for me. I've got no I already have a list of great things. So if, if I want to get married, a great thing is I get married mm-hmm. to a person that I really, really am going to be head over heels, Hallmark movie in love with the rest of my life. Yes. Mm-hmm. We're going to have the exact amount of kids, and if I can't have kids... Somehow, that's a great thing that got withheld from me. If anything, I don't get the career I want. I don't need you or the Bible to define great life for me. Mm. I already have a great life in mind for me. Well, and it's wild then when we come to the Bible and we say, okay, because I'm I'm now at the stage of my life where I'm getting married or I just got married. I'm going to go to the Bible and see what it says about marriage. And I pull up, wives, submit to your husbands. Husbands, love your wives. I go, how is that going to help me have the best marriage possible (laughs) to understand Paul wasn't even trying to get to that. Paul was not trying to get you to realize how to have the best sex life in your marriage. Keep Mm -hmm. it. He wasn't writing Cosmo. He wasn't saying this is the best, spiciest way. This isn't the way to make things more romantic or any of that. Paul was writing to a community of believers, some who were married, some who weren't. And he was saying, hey, you married people, y'all got to get it together. Because what's happening all of a sudden is we live in this society that has taught you one way of doing marriage, and y'all got it all backwards. And and he says it shows the... If you did it right, it would show that Jesus really is the right. Man. But so the, the way point was Jesus all along. Yeah, the point was Jesus. Yeah. Your marriage was about Jesus. Your thing was about Je- the way you do t- parenting is about Jesus. It isn't about you or your kids or this predefined great life you had in mind. Well, because we know the Bible was written to a group of people where arranged marriage was the normal. Right. That doesn't mean that there weren't people who weren't arranged married. No. But, but it was certainly culturally normal. Our view of marriage already... I mean, because I mean, you talk to people about this idea of arranged marriage, and it's funny, you talked about the East and the West kind of meeting. Uh, now with TikTok, which is has even more... Um, 
whatever they call it. you know they it's leveled the hierarchy mm. of what you see you know and even on YouTube now you're pretty much only running across people who have three million views to begin mm. with but on TikTok you just see I'll see someone who I'm their first view mm -hmm. and I'm seeing people who have just uh, Im uh, immigrated here or they're first generation immigrants and they are arranged married and it's funny listen to them they say it's really hard to explain to Western people mm -hmm. it's really nice in a culture where I have to look a certain way and have certain career things that these these concepts that someone had almost pre-vetted this person for me. And I'm not pointing to a range or other. It shows that in our Western view, that seems like, oh, that's the ugliest form of marriage. That mm -hmm. the, Because the point of marriage is for me to find Happiness. my soulmate well, and, and be happy. Yeah. And what she's saying is the point of my marriage is that I better fit into my family and my community and I'm, I'm uplifting this. And I just thought... That's already a different view of well, marriage. Well, and what Paul is trying to say is marriage it was not marriage not created for you. Mm -hmm. right. <laughs> marriage was created to to, to, to reveal Jesus yes. to the world, and that's why he wants them to do it right. Right. Because well, but, he wants Jesus made known in the world. And the first time we hear about marriage in, in Genesis is it's even describing in the image of God he made them. Male and female, he right. made them. That there is something about God that is revealed in maleness and femaleness, right. and there's something in marriage that can be revealed about God when we do it God's way. Sure. And so, anyway, to your point, I think that's where, when you talk about we bring individuals... It's not even necessarily condemning, hey, if you, if you come from an individualistic culture, you'll never get this. Or if you come from a culture that is socialist or capitalist, you're, it's that all of these things bring assumptions with them that we believe and we don't realize it because it's just the, it's the water that we're swimming in, right? Like yeah. fish don't know they're they don't swimming know. In. They don't know what water is. And we're swimming in this cultural water that tells me, I assume... God thinks about life the way I do instead of coming to the Bible to say, let me look at this whole story that's leading to Jesus and see what is it that God thinks about community. What I know for sure is I, I, don't, have to, I don't have to become a collectivist. Right. I, I, I have to admit where I am, and I have to admit where it was written. I can't get from where I am to where the Bible was if I don't see where they both were to begin with. I can't assume it's over here with me. Right. I'm only going to understand what I, how I have to apply it once I understand how it was written, to whom it was written, what it was saying to them. And then I can begin to see, now how does this apply to me? Mm -hmm. And I'll just say this whole thing about individualistic choice. For an Enneagram 8 like me... <laughs> who wants to be large and in charge, not only in my life, but everybody's life. It is really, really tough to go, no, you gotta have, some, you gotta have a little uh, humility. humility. And the community, the community that God is forming is more important than your individual view. Yes, okay. All right, um, before we wrap up today, because we're just about out of time, um, I wanted to uh, highlight a couple of things, being the week of Christmas. Um, that are going to be a little different uh, around here at Community Christian than we've done in the past. Uh, so this, so Christmas is Saturday. Uh, this is this is dropping on Tuesday. Um, is this the Tuesday? Yeah, it is. This is Tuesday. This before. is Tuesday. Uh, when this, if you're watching this, when on the day it drops, um, and so Christmas will be on Saturday, uh, and then church will be happening the day after Christmas on Sunday. And we've decided to do something different this year, uh, and it's. 
uh, have we ever done this before? Nope, this will be the first so, time we've yeah. ever done this so, in that. Talk about that a little bit. You know, uh, we and other churches, and I'm confident a lot of our brother and sister churches around us will have Christmas Eve services. We've chosen not to do a Christmas Eve service this year. I encourage you to go to some of our great sister churches around us. They will have plenty of seats for you to yeah. go to, and mm -hmm. they will have great opportunities for you to worship Jesus if you want to do that. I will probably do that myself. But that being said, Sunday is the Lord's Day. It's the 26th. We are first day people. Uh, that's the history of Christianity. We wanted to do something for the whole family gathered uh, that will be Christmas-like. We're going to do a family service, and you can bring your babies in as well, but we are going to provide child care for uh, the youngest among us, two and under, but the whole service will be developed around the idea that everybody in the family can do it. We won't make it as long. There won't be a long, boring me, Jason, Nathan talking. <laughs> there will be directed with kids. We'll have some of our kids, uh, people who normally interact with kids mm -hmm. and uh, students doing that. Uh, I hope everybody will come, sit with your family, uh, be a part of the whole thing. We will be at 9 and 11 o'clock. Because... Church is not about you. <laughs> and so as if you're, an, if you're an individualist like all of us and you think, well, that's not going to be entertaining or I'm not going to get a lot out of it. Well, you belong to a family of yes, God where there are young members and everyone who's been in a family and you're older, sometimes you have to watch Hallmark Christmas movies that's right. that you don't enjoy, and but you do enjoy being with your granddaughters right. while you do. And you may learn something about them and yourself that you didn't know. Yes. And by doing that, you learn something about God. You can see something yes. that you didn't know. I grew up in one of those churches where we all were together almost all the time, yep. almost every Sunday. Yep. And there are things I remember specifically that I, I do now know about God that I don't think I would have gotten if I hadn't been around adults worshiping the, as much right. as I did mm -hmm. in those kind of environments. So this one Sunday we're going to do that. We hope it's going to be a great time. We will have stuff geared specifically for the kids. But we're going to play some games that you're going to enjoy too oh, I think that, so. that are going to be fun for you. We're going to give away some prizes. It's oh. going to be... And for those of you who like Christmas music, we're going to see singing Christmas music. And some of y'all love love it when we sing It'll Christmas It'll be your last chance. Though. be your last chance this of the year. This is it. We're yeah. cutting it off after that. Never doing it again until uh, next, next year. Until next year. <laughs> I'm just saying for the year. That's Christmas right. music is... We might be your last place ever because a lot of the radio stations stop Maybe. at that point. So I, I think some of them so. go to New Year. No. Well, there are whole channels that you can listen to all the time. Oh, no. Some of you are doing that in June. Yeah. Because we live in an individualistic society, you can dial up your own radio station, listen yeah, to whatever you want to. Spotify playlist. That's, That's right. all you want to. So, yeah. All right. So, uh, that puts a wrap on today's episode, number 99. So, tune in next week. It'll be the last one of the year. It'll also be our 100th episode. We will do something. I don't know what, but we'll do something. We will. So, do that. If we remember. And the last, <laughs> if we remember. And then I'll probably walk in there and go, oh, yeah, it was the 100th one. And I'll forget, but hopefully I won't. And, uh, and the last thing that I have to say is uh, today on drop day, it is uh, December the 21st. On this day, 25 years ago, I married my wife. Oh. Congratulations. 25th anniversary. Happy anniversary to my lovely is wife. Is that silver? Uh, yeah, maybe. Yeah, I think so. I don't know. I ain't getting her silver. I'll tell you that. <laughs> but anyway, so anyway, we will. Y'all have a great, great Christmas. Uh, don't forget, family uh, movie podcast will drop. Jingle, jingle. On Thursday. On, on Thursday. On so Thursday. We're coming up. Give, right me, give me a movie you can watch on Christmas. And then Eve. you can watch it on the, over the weekend That's with your right. kids on Christmas. So y'all have a great Christmas. We'll see you here on Sunday and then back right here next week. Bye.